everyone and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. My name is Bree, and I have a really exciting episode today. I have two wonderful authors here. We have author Jennifer St. George. Jennifer, thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. And we have author Claire Connolly as well. Claire, thank you for being here. Oh, it's lovely to chat to you. And it is both of y'all's first time here. So we'll start with Jennifer. Jennifer, tell us a little bit about you and then Claire, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my background before I got into writing was management consulting and marketing. So I worked for some big companies for about 20 years, like Guinness, where I did some amazing things like launch Guinness in Russia. And as part of an American promotion, we gave away a pub in Ireland. And so I used to fly around the world a lot and um, stay in lovely five-star hotels and travel business class, which was very useful because then I was able to set um, my books in lots of exciting exotic locations. So I didn't start actually writing till I was in my 40s. Um, So by then I had lots of great experiences and lots of been to lots of places that I could set the books in, which was really, really fun. And then I got into writing, which was um, a whole new world, (laughs) which I absolutely loved. And uh, you guys would know this, that when you discover romance writing and uh, the romance writing world, you meet all these incredible people. So I've just loved to getting involved in romance writing and um, as a result, you know, met some of the, my best friends through it. So it's been absolutely spectacular. Wow, I love that. Very, very inspiring. I'm turning 37 this year and I would love to learn how to write romance since I read it all the time. Um, That's right. Definitely have had those thoughts of like, okay, if you don't know it by now, you're just not going to know it. But so to hear like, oh, I was in my 40s when I started, it's like, there's still time. (laughs) Oh my God, Brie, there's so, absolutely. And I think starting later also gives you a lot more life experience. And I'm sure it's the same for Claire. You know, you have these interesting things happen to you in life and Mm -hmm. then you can weave them into your stories, these little um, vignettes of life that really create authentic stories because those little bits of the story you've lived. I had this hilarious example where um, once I got bumped up to first class and I was so excited. I was like, oh, I mean, everyone could tell I'd never flown first class before. But when you go through first class, you walk on this red carpet, but you still have to take your shoes off for the security. I had holes in my stockings so that when I took my shoes off, uh, you should have seen the because you get ex- escorted through and the man escorting me through just looked at me with a look on his face to say, yeah, you really don't belong here. <laughs> so that went into a book. Oh, I love oh, it. I love amazing. it. Yeah. I read yeah. your blog post, your blog post that you did on setting and I think you shared that story in there. Yeah. You're like, here I am being fed like lobster and champagne yep. and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yep, and hiding the holes in my stockings. Yep. <laughs> Mine would probably be like, does her socks actually match? Probably <laughs> <Yes>. not. <laughs> Claire, Thank tell you. us a little bit about you. Um, so I'm a, I've always been a passionate romance reader. And, and I think if you're wanting to write romance, reading romance is the most important thing. Because looking back, you know, I never had any formal training as a writer. But when you read voraciously, you sort of start reading and seeing the scaffolding of the book and how it's set up and what you like and why you like it and your brain's always ticking over so 
Um, I, from a young age, did start writing. I think I was 12 when I wrote my first manuscript, submitted one at 15 to Mills and Boone, which was rejected. And I've kept writing okay. ever since. So Eve, I know it was, uh, what did a 15-year-old present? <laughs> <laughs> I fudged it together with things I'd read. Um, <laughs> but I, I love yeah. that so much. Like if it would have actually been accepted, that would have been glorious. <laughs> it would have been a shock to my parents. <laughs> but I, I just always wrote. So even when I wasn't actively writing uh, to pursue a career as a romance writer, you know, I'd sort of given up on that dream. I was writing really long emails to my friends or blogs or, you know, I think that's part of it. Writers write, you know, you just can't not. And it was when my kids were little and I was at home with them and I just loved loved being a stay-at-home mum but also found it um, hard, you know, it's a hard adjustment to go from working to be at home with kids. And I craved that sort of escapist fantasy more than ever. So when my kids would nap, I would write. And this time I was really serious about wanting to be a published writer. And so I was submitting to Mills and Boone and it was, uh, it takes a long time. The process is quite, can be quite lengthy, uh, because they get so many submissions and, I was getting rejections, but I really loved the books that I was writing and I did feel that each one was getting better and better. And after I'd had enough rejections to knock the wind completely out of my sails and I was ready to quit, it was uh, both my sister and husband said, oh, you can't, why don't you try self-publishing? And it was back in 2014 when that was sort of pretty new and I didn't know much about it and there weren't, there wasn't the resourcing available uh, anywhere that you can find now. So I just did it. I just uploaded my book onto Amazon, which was oh, wow. in hindsight, you know, I can't believe I did it really. But anyway, it sold and it sold well and it reviewed well. And that really prompted me to keep going. And because I had been writing now for several years to submit, and I'd been getting the books to the point where I thought that they were good enough to submit for publication, uh, I had quite a few books that with some editorial I was ready to publish and so I did and then that led to you know a career as a self-published romance writer and then off the back of that uh, contract with Mills and Boone which was just you know always my long-held dream to write for Harlequin so uh, I now do both. I hope that 15 year old girl was still like so giddy like you I did it. (laughs) A hundred percent do you know so I'm sitting chatting to you in my office and across from me I actually have my original rejection letter which they used to send in the mail so I have that framed on my wall from 1999 uh, because it's you know that that girl got that rejection letter and was crushed by it and it's juxtaposed with my very full bookshelf of published harlequins. Yeah she did it. She eventually yeah. did it. Yeah. Yeah. She learned a bit, got some life experiences, some maturity. <laughs> and Claire is being very modest because she's not just any old self-published writer. Claire, you need to say what kind of self-published writer you are. Oh, <laughs> what kind of self-published writer am I then? You're, you're an Amazon all-star. Explain yes. what that is. Oh, well, it was quite amazing. So when I... um it was oh gosh I can't even remember when but it was quite early on and I, I had no idea what this even meant but I got um an email saying I was an Amazon all-star and it turns out it means you're sort of in the top I think it was the top oh, 50 in America and 20 in the UK or something of um Amazon exclusive authors which was just mind-blowing that's amazing yeah it, it really was I mean I, 
I sort of, I really do write the stories that I love. I, I've always written for myself first, um, which is why I think I just passionately love writing. Like I, I love to sit down at my keyboard and write because this I can't wait to see where the story goes. But then to have so many people reading my books is just incredible. Like it's really very yeah. gratifying. You want to, you want people, like, I love that you said, I write the stories that I want to write. And like, mm. I love sitting down and writing, mm. but for someone that's new, okay. Like I'm, we're going to use me here. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Right. And people like my friends, like they'll cheer me at are Like my cheerleaders are like, you read plenty of romance. You can do this. And I'm like, reading romance and writing romance, I feel like are very different. So then like the harder it is the sitting down and being like, okay, nothing is happening. I don't know what is happening. I feel like takes, it like sucks some of the joy out a little bit. So can you talk us through like writing through the suck and remembering (laughs) that like you love this, (laughs) like talk us through that. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess like, I don't love every book as I'm writing it. I, not every single one. That's the dream. Obviously I love the book I'm writing at the moment. That's been amazing, but I, it does certainly come with experience that, you know, you're going to reach a slump point probably in most books and you just have to push through it and trust that you can fix up whatever goes wrong later if it's flat if the chemistry is not there you you know there are things that you can do at the editing point to to put that back in I've actually got a post-it note above my desk that says write the story fix it later because Mm. it's that's the thing you just can't give yourself a reason to lose momentum with your writing you've got to keep putting the words down and then you can come back and, and make it work better yeah and it's funny you know in every single book I have gone out to my husband and gone oh, my God, it's so hard. This is terrible. I'm never going to get this done. I just don't know. And he goes, oh, okay, so we're up to week 10. (laughs) (laughs) And I hadn't realised it, but I do that every single time at a certain point in the book. So I got some great advice and I can't remember which author told me and she keeps a diary as she's writing and and you learn that you do this sort of the similar pattern all the way through. So you have to start to understand what kind of writer you are and when it is that you hit that oh my god I can't do it point Mm. and how to push through and get the book written yeah well Jennifer you said like okay so it was you were in your 40s what happened like what were you doing like where when like the bug was hitting you you were like how did it happen where it was like I want to write a book yeah it's interesting because what what changed for us is that we actually moved to a small regional town in Australia um, called, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, it's called Byron Bay. It's a, um, it's a little tourist town uh, Thor on lives the beach. There. <laughs> yeah, Thor lives there. Chris Hemsworth is my neighbour. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. He, yeah, well, he's not that close. Unfortunately, I, yeah, not, not close enough, you know. Where did you get your inspiration from? Well, I'm looking at my window. <laughs> But you you do see him around all the time. I mean, I walked um, past the beach the other day and he was getting out of his wetsuit. So it does happen. You and can... you kept walking? Yeah. <laughs> Frozen to the spot for a moment and then uh, kept uh, going. And, uh, yeah, so we moved here when my children were little as well, similar to Claire's. So, you know, you have um, you, when you get them the kids into bed, you have that short amount of time. And I think also, as with Claire, I learned to write efficiently because I just, 
uh, and I, the reason I got into it is I saw a competition um, for a book and I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. And I put my entry in and I came third. And I thought, oh, my God, I can I might actually be able to do this. But, of course, then I wrote five full-length manuscripts, sending them off to Mills and Boone in London. And I was getting rejections, but I, my rejections were getting better and better. And this is something else we teach people is that you can get a good rejection letter. So, you know, by the time I was getting sort of two pages of notes saying, you know, think about this, can you do this? Um, no guarantee of publication, but please, we'd love to see you resubmit. So you learn in romance writing that that rejection is actually a really good rejection. And so I'd done all the things that they'd wanted me to do. But at that point, I was also volunteering for Romance Writers of Australia and I was doing their sponsorship and media. And I was on the phone to um, an editor from Penguin and we were doing all the business stuff for the conference. And then she said, well, what do you write? And I said, I write category romance. And she said, what are you working on? And this is another tip we give our students, have your pitch ready. So I had my pitch ready. I pitched my book. And she said, send it to me. And I went, I said, but you guys don't publish category romance. And she said, now, Jen, when an editor says, <laughs> send me your manuscript, the answer to that question is, yes, I will do immediately. And I went, oh, I will do immediately. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I had to still do it properly. I had to write a cover letter. I had to write a synopsis and I had to send the full manuscript. But I got all that off in about two days and two weeks later, I had a contract with Penguin. So it just went from there. So let's let's get into the writing stuff. Y'all have this course that I want to hear all about it. I it I think I think Amy is who I saw it like post about it first, and I'm like, what is this that you're doing? And then I saw like I was like, okay, Allie's doing it. Claire Connolly, yeah. Jennifer St. George. I'm like, it's a team of people. So for our listeners, like, will one of you share? what the course is, um, and let's get into the details. Yeah, sure. So basically um, I've been lecturing at university for the last five years, and one of the things I lecture in is creative writing. And as I was going along, back when I started, um, I had no idea how to write. Um, so I travelled all over Australia to go to courses run by people like, you know, Amy Andrews and Ali Blake and, you know, to try and understand how to write a book because, you know, it's, you don't, you, it's very rare your first book gets published. Um, and I think, you know, all of us can talk through those stories. But as I was teaching at uni, I thought, well, wouldn't it have been great if the, and I created a course, which I wish I'd had when I first started writing. And then I was sitting there thinking, oh my God, I know some of the best romance writers in the world. So, um, we got together, pitched, I pitched the idea, um, Amy, Claire and Ali were on board straight away and now you've got, you know, some of the best authors in both um, category romance and um, self-publishing going step by step through how to write a novel that sells and we cover everything from you know, what are the key ingredients of a romance model, how you do compelling characters, the really key points in structure that you have to hit. So there are really important turning points in a book. And as Claire was saying before, if you've read a lot, you sort of intuitively know what they are, but you might leave some out. So we take you through how you hit all those turning points. 
Um, things like you've got to have a great beginning. If you know readers, you've got seconds really to grab them. So that first line, that first paragraph, that first chapter, how to craft that really, really well. Um, and then we go on to things like authentic settings, dialogue, point of view. And Amy Andrews does this incredible section on how to write great sex. So, you know, if you want to be that presents writer or you just want to, you know, if even if you're a shut-the-door writer on the bedroom, she'll take you through that. We look at traditional publishing and Claire does an incredible thing on self-publishing. I mean, imagine learning self-publishing from an um, Amazon all-star. And um, the other thing you'll learn about Claire is she's probably the most productive romance writer in the entire world. And Claire takes us through all her tips on productivity. So it's really comprehensive. It's written by people who know what they're doing, who've done it successfully. So, and putting it together was incredible fun. We, uh, Ali, Amy, Claire and I have had a ball doing it. Yeah, it was amazing. It, It really was really fun doing it. And I think, you know, I've heard a few people say that they want to write romance because it's easy, but it is not easy. It is especially category romance because it's a short form, right? It's 55,000 words roughly, and you have got to get so much into those 55,000 words. And readers of category romance are so voracious. They know if it's not authentic. They know if your heart's not in it and you're just going through the motions. You have to really get all the feels in there. And that is something that we teach in the course. It's it's how, if your characters don't have chemistry, how do you get it there? What, How can you build that tension between them? Even if you're writing, as Jen said, closed door romance, there still has to be that, that sexual tension on the page, uh, even if you never see that fulfilled. So it's, it's all that really practical stuff that pulls it together into a romance. But it is, it's hard. It's a skill to write romance well. Is it best if, okay, say student Brie comes to the course and Brie (laughs) wants to write a true love and her heart is set on, I want to write this, but I don't really feel like I even have a story. What do y'all say to student Brie first? Because like, Jen, you said something really that like, just, I feel like you called me out here. How important the first chapter is, how important that first line is. And to be honest, that is very intimidating and that is why student Brie struggles to get word on words on the page because so many of my favorite you know categories or, or romances in general it's like yes the first chapter got me the first sentence got me so can y'all t- like what would you say to student Brie who is struggling with just getting started yeah, absolutely and i you know i think almost everybody finds it hard sometimes to get started. And so we teach you, and and what I've discovered is, work, you know, knowing a lot of romance writers is everybody approaches writing a book completely differently. So Ali Blake, for example, is quite extraordinary how she puts a book together. For her, it's more a patchwork of scenes. So she sometimes writes the end first or she writes, um, you know, the pivotal moment like the black Um, moment first or you know that leaving the ordinary world into the extraordinary world which is uh, you know a part of um, book structure first so and then she patches the whole book together which I find quite incredible and her stories are 
just amazing. You, you know, I'm, the last one I read of Ali's, I'm still thinking about months later. You know, they really hit you hard. Um, but I don't write like that. I write from beginning to end. I couldn't patch a book together. So what you actually have to do is just write the book, whichever way it comes out, and definitely don't get stuck on that first line. Write right all the way through because everything is fixable. And I loved what Claire said, you know, that you, you just get the words down and a lot of writing a book is rewriting. So if you can just, and I, I write, my, my first drafts are absolute rubbish. I just basically throw the story down onto the page so that you get a sense of what you have to work with. And then it's about going through systematically and we sort of talk through all the key things you have to do. But if you just get that book down, you'll be amazed at what you actually have once you've gone from beginning to end. But one of the best pieces of advice I had when I was flying around the country to all the best romance writers in the country was Melanie Milburn saying, write the book, edit the book, submit the book. Write the book, edit the book, submit the book. And she said, you just have to keep going. So you don't know what you've got until you've written your first book. So just go for it in whichever way works for you. And and the other thing is if you if it's ideas that you struggle with, we cover this in the course because for romance, as you know, it's conflict and tension is really what propels the story through. Why can't the couple be together? You know, it's not it's not really a romance if on the first page there's nothing in their way and they can just right off into the sunset so we have a whole unit that deals with conflict and tension so how do you get that into your story um because that that's often where I start with my plotting is problem for my couple and then once I've got that I actually find that's almost my elevator pitch that's my one sentence that I keep in my mind where if I feel like I've lost my way at the 30,000 word mark I come back to well hang on why what was their initial issue? Why can't they be together? And I just make sure that I'm layering that in really strongly. So there's heaps of things in the course that hopefully will give the building blocks to our students so that they can come out and, and know how they can attack their writing to get a book. To get it Is conflict and tension like a, one of the sections that you think the students, uh, I don't want to say like come like student Bree would be like, hey, this is probably the part that I'm most intimidated and struggle with the most. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it. I think, and what's interesting is once we teach you, it's basically goal motivation conflict. You know, what does my what do what do my characters want? Why do they want it, and why can't they have it? I'm the same as Claire. I I nail that down before I start the book, and we teach you how to do that. And one of the other areas that people they don't find challenging, but I think once they go through Ali Blake's all about structure section it's like light bulb moments are going off all over the place. They suddenly see how structuring a book doesn't have to be really, really hard as long as you work through the steps. It just mm. it makes the mystery of writing and breaks it down for you so that you can follow it. Ali is, yeah. she is a wizard with that. I mean, I have quite a, my brain works in a super chaotic way and even I can <laughs> learn how to structure thanks to Ali because she is just such she is unbelievable at how she teaches structure yeah yeah and uh, and so and we've written it for people who are you know people who are 
trying for the first time to write a book, but we've had we have um, students who have written quite a few books, um, uh, and even published authors are doing the course and saying they are learning, you know, so much out of it because I think mm. as you learn to write, certain things don't make you don't get them into your writing until you've written for a little while. So this course just takes you through everything you need to know and really supports you to get sort of the first 10,000 words down by the end of the course. So you've actually got, you know, three chapters, you'll have a cover letter and a synopsis. So you've got a a pitch package ready to go um, by the end of the course. Part of like another thing that I kind of struggle with aside from the conflict and tension, which I just know how important it is. And it's so interesting. One of you said something like, essentially, like when you go to pitch, that is what you're pitching. And I think that's another reason why I'm so intimidated. But like, Mm -hmm. also, like I have heard so many conversations about really getting to know your characters. I've heard people Mm -hmm. recommend figuring out what their Enneagram is and their Zodiac signs and all of that is is character study. Like, is that something you all cover in the course as well? Uh, Yeah, in detail. Absolutely. And we, one of the the really nice aspects of the course, and this comes back to creating a course that's got solid um, basis in education. So people learn in different ways. So people learn by listening or by watching or by doing. So we've created the course so that whatever way you learn, you will be able to learn through this course. So we get you to do exercises at the end of each um, key module that helps you practice those skills. So with character, for example, um, we have character sheets, the kind of character sheets that we use ourselves to flesh out your character. And it's interesting when you start writing your character, like I do character sheets, because you're in you never know when that tiny little thing that you wrote down at the beginning of the book that has been sitting in the back of your mind then comes into play in the book. So doing some of those things just makes a deeper character because you've done the work to start with. But again, not every author works that way. A lot of authors write the first three chapters to understand their character and that's how they go about it as well or a combination of both. And I think I'm that I'm more of a combination of both. So I do, I vaguely fill out my character sheet. You certainly need to know your basic biographical Mm. uh, information, but also what's their key wound. You know, certainly in the case of, I tend to write a lot of sort of very troubled heroes. What's happened to motivate that trouble, you know, and and it has to be authentic and credible um, that sort of results in them having this quite damaged behaviour in the book but I also like to meet my characters as I go through I find them really interesting to to get to know and the subconscious brand is amazing how Mm. it will feather the details without you realizing it and you're writing and then suddenly you'll put something in and you'll go oh of course of course that's how he broke his arm when he was (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and I remember honestly back when I first started you know authors saying to me you will be amazed that your characters will take over they will mm. write the book themselves because they become very real. And I just thought that was insane. And then I was writing along one day and, you know, my heroine did something that I, you know, it just came out of my fingers and I'm like, oh, my God, she just did that all on her own. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? They, they come to life truly. I can't even, you know, even mm. as I say it, I still think it sounds weird when I say that to people, but that's what happens. Absolutely. 
So Jennifer, you mentioned something like you mentioned how you you were talking with this publisher and, and you're like, well, you don't publish category romance and that's what yeah. I write. So yeah. like say student Bree is in the course and student <laughs> Bree is like, I want to write a true love or forever, wherever you are in the world and whatever it's called, a romance here in the States. Yeah. Should for student Bree be like focusing on writing her book as a true love or should she just be writing it as a romance and then that's when the editing part comes in. If she knows, okay, it needs to be like 50, 60,000 words, then that's where the editing comes in and she needs to start chopping it off. Like, what would you all tell student Brie? Because I feel like if you get so focused on category, but it, you're new to writing romance in general, I can see it being so difficult. <laughs> I, that's where I am. <laughs> oh, so what I would say is, get in there and write the story that's in your heart. Just go in there and see what happens. But, uh, and I'll get Claire to talk to this because she is the most disciplined author I have ever met in my life. But I think the way you get a book out and basically you've got to write your first book, you've got to sit down, you've got to write it and you have to finish it because that is how you learn about your story, about your characters and what kind of writer you are. So I'm, when I'm writing a book, I'm very disciplined. I get up early and five minutes after I get up, I'm in my jammies in front of my computer with a cup of tea and I am writing and I write solidly for an hour, hour and a half. And you'd be amazed how many words you can get out. I mean, I get out a certain amount, but Claire Connolly gets out four times as many. Um, and um, then you do that the next day and the next day until you get to around your 50, 55,000 words and you see what you have. And I think what this course also, I wish I'd had this course because I, in the beginning, would write, you know, I'd cut 20,000 words out of the book because I'd ramble off and, you know, fall down rabbit holes and, you know, really didn't do enough upfront work on character and plot. But I learned how to do that by actually writing books. And this course will get you to write that first book. So when you all got together, that first meeting of like, let's do this, how, or, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm assuming this was over a couple of meetings, but how did you all decide? Because the course is, there's 10 modules. Is the course 10 weeks or no? Yeah. So the, so there's 10 weeks of teaching and okay. then we give you four weeks. Um, it's sort of reflection time, but during that whole time, we've got an interactive Facebook group. So each week, uh, we're in there. People ask questions. People post up little sections. Um, so it's really lovely and people start really supporting each other. With the first course we ran, that group has gone off as we understand it and now have their own um, writers group together. Oh, so wow. the other thing you do is you meet writers on your level and then it's really important to get that support, I think, um, when you're writing. And then you've got a buddy that you can share your work with, that you can go on the journey with. So um, we had that, that was a really lovely part of the course. So it's really well supported as you go through. And, and also um, do, I'll just add, yeah. we also do this really fun thing where we do four sort of live uh, chats with each other, or a couple of us will have a chat. And that's further breaking down what we've done in the modules or we'll watch a movie so we'll have a recommended movie for that week and then we'll chat about it from the perspective of what we've learned so far so it might be that we cover off dialogue and tension and so it's there's always that support and um you know sort of adding to what the the principles that you're learning in the course 
Mm. So how did you all come up with like, okay, the 10 modules, the 10 points that you all hit on, like, how did you all come up with that? Well, basically what we did is what are the essential things that a new writer or an aspiring writer needs to know to write the first book? And that is how we came up with it. These are, we cover everything that you need to be able to get in there and write that first book or your second book. And we support it too with this incredible workbook. So even at the end of the course, you have a, you know, a, a workbook full of exercises and materials and information that you have forever that you can refer back to when you're getting lost, as we all do from time to time. Part of it is like uh, writing romance that sells. Right. And so Mm -hmm. like we hear a lot of like, don't write to market, don't write to market. And I do think some of the the, like the best advice is like write the book of your heart, write the book that you want to read. But I mean, it also is a business. Right. So can you all can you kind of talk us through the idea of like writing something that is going to sell? Because I think for a lot of aspiring writers, part of the intimidation is like seeing everything that's coming out and that feeling of like, my story may not be cozy witch vibes or <laughs> I may not be writing a rom-com, you know? So can you talk to that? The thing about romance is it's such a broad church, right? So there are literally readers of everything. So if you write the book that you love, chances are there are going to be readers that love it too. Now, it may not be that it's particularly on brand with publishers at the time that you've written it, in which case they're self-publishing, which is amazing because you can get your book out there and your readers can find it as long as you package it in the right way, which we cover off in our self-publishing module. Um, you know, the thing about romance too is there's shorthand for how to catch your readers. So romance readers know their tropes. They know that they love marriage and convenience or they love secret baby or they love um, uh, enemies to lovers, you know, or snowed in or whatever. You know what your jam is as a romance reader. And so as long as you get that all over your blurb if it's self-published or you get that all over your synopsis if you're submitting to editors because they know what they're looking for, I think that there are ways to give your book, if it's well written, the best chance of getting into the reader's hands. Can you share some of like, you know, a couple of things you would share in the self-pub module? Yeah, so we, I mean, it's it's quite big and it's actually where we're recording a deep dive self-publishing module because there's so much that we want to cover off. I mean, it's really, there's a lot to learn, but we talk about um, taking, what you have to do when you self-publish is taking your precious baby book manuscript, which is the love of your heart and turning it into a product which you have to be a little less passionate about so you have to be able to zoom out and look at how am I going to brand this to get it into readers hands and that can be hard because when you really love the book that you've written you want to include all the details because it's all super important whereas you need to do that really high level marketing sort of thinking uh, in order to self-publish so we go through that we go through a lot of the considerations like whether or not you're going to just put your book exclusively on Amazon, which means that you're in their Kindle Unlimited library, or whether or not you're going to go into the wide market. Um, How do you do the actual publishing of getting a cover, getting it edited, what's involved in all of those stages? So it's a really, because it's a, a module in a broader course that's about writing we this is quite a high level um overview of self-publishing hence we're doing the deep dive as a separate course because there's just so much to go through um i i thought that i've been on the website a couple of times and i i'm always just i'm a blog nerd so i'm constantly (laughs) is there a new blog post so 
what you both have actually, all of y'all have actually written blog posts. So Jennifer, you did one on setting, which I thought was fantastic. And Claire, you've done one on writing series. I'm mm. just trying to like give examples because I, I, I want people to know about this course. So Jennifer, can you, can you just share us a couple of tip, tidbits on like capturing settings? To me, I love setting. It's probably one of my favorite things in a romance. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. Um, and of course, I love a good series. So can both of you talk about um, those portions of the course? Sure. Um, I'm with you. I love an authentic setting. And when I'm, I always find um, when I come up with a story, generally the first scene um, that comes to mind is my black moment. Um, and so often in that black moment, the scene is there um, and I can, I, I have it wherever I've pitched it, but it's often as a result of traveling. So for example, um, The Convenient Bride, that the whole inspiration for that book came as a result of being in Venice and I was watching, you know, you go down the Grand Canal and there are these gorgeous old buildings that are crumbling into the Grand Canal and you just think, how can this be happening in this day and age? And it was that moment that a whole, not the whole story, but the inspiration for the story was just there. So I knew that part of the setting was going to be in Venice and that my heroine was going to be an architect who in the end gets to restore one of these incredible buildings on the Grand Canal that's falling in. So then I just had to find a billionaire hero and um, off we went from there. So setting often helps me craft the story because it just gives, you know, all the sights, all the sounds, all the smells, all the feeling um, of how that book is going to be. So that's how, and that happens to me a lot. The setting is is quite important. Mm, it's part of being whisked away, isn't it? Mm, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm the same. I love setting. And when I started out um, really seriously writing, when my kids were little and they would nap, I would always have photos above my desk and they would include my hero and heroine, but there would be more of the setting. And I would write a few key words. So if it was in the Greek islands, you know, it would be ocean, geraniums, terracotta walls, um, paved winding paths, you know, all those things that are just instantly evocative of the setting so that you have that as a touchstone that you can make sure you're really infusing each scene with those subtle details to make it come alive for the reader. Um, and, and in series too, you know, the setting is so fun because often it's that it can be that one central location that might feature in all of the books, say the family home. Uh, so in my Montebello series, which I self-published, there's the grandmother's house that they all go to. And so there's the same details are sort of shared through each of their books, even though um, they all live in different countries and uh, have very different lives. So it's really fun to play the setting and make that feel like a really real sanctuary for your reader. And your your post was about writing series. So can you talk a little bit of just a couple of pieces of advice that you, you like to share about Oh, writing series I love series I actually find it really hard to not write a series I find myself whenever I write now like a category I, I kind of catch these little characters and go oh my gosh I wonder what will happen in their life after they leave you know I honestly I could have like an 87 series book series if I'm not careful um, because what I want as a reader and also as a writer is to 
have my readers fully invest in everything that happens in my book. So if I'm writing a book about a family, um, you know, I want my readers to care about more than just the principal character. And again, in category romance, and we, we do cover this in the course, it's you have to be careful not to let the other characters overshadow the primary romance. So they still need to be used as sort of support structure to the developing romance between your main characters. But there's enough of them in there that your reader invests in them. And it, then there's usually, um, I will include in the epilogue, a foreshadowing of what the next character's book is going to be about. And I think for me as a reader, I just, I love going back to those same families or whether they're connected through workplace or their old school friends. There is just something so nice about a series. Um, yeah, it's it's just a great way. Also, if I take off my writing hat and put on my marketing hat, they are easy to sell because once readers are invested in your characters, they are more likely going to want to buy the next book to see what happens. So it's sort of a no-brainer from that sense. If you're going to write another book and it's connected, um, it does make it easier to pitch it to your readers because you've got an established reader for that book. Um, you all also, y'all mentioned dialogue. Can we talk mm -hmm. dialogue? Is that something that you find students are a little nervous about or are we doing it wrong? Like what are your thoughts on writing dialogue? Oh my God, I was terrible at dialogue when I started. <laughs> I was writing, I, it was so dramatic and, you know, oh my God, it was hilarious. I read, I, I went back and read one of my first manuscripts and it's just like, oh my God. And it, but it, so it is a skill to learn how to write natural dialogue and it does take a, a bit of practice. And again, it's that writing the book and then reviewing that book that you will learn over time how to do it. But dialogue is really important and we give lots of tips and tricks on how to make it sound authentic, how to learn to listen to your own voice, how to do characterization through good dialogue. We talk about how you do first person, second person, you know, first person, third person, what, what, you know, what feels natural for you. Because, I mean, I've written in third person for so long, I would probably find it really hard now to write a book in first person. Whereas I love, I, I love jumping between. I find that like a little palate cleanser to do a first person. <laughs> but, yeah, dialogue is, it's tricky. And I'm, I'm with Jen, you know, my first books, they were so, uh, some of the dialogue, as in first manuscripts, not published, thank goodness, uh, <laughs> the dialogue was so bad. And there, you pick up some of your own pitfalls when you really start looking at dialogue. Like I put in my characters' names all the time, so they'll be having a conversation and it will be like, Antonio, why are you late? Oh, <laughs> awful. Antonio, I told you not to take that interstate, you know. And so they have these. And once I've picked that up, I now go through and I delete almost every time where they've used each other's names in dialogue because we just don't talk like that. You know, we don't use each other's names. So it's about reading your dialogue and seeing, is this realistic? You know, we say in the course, read it aloud. Just read your dialogue out loud to yourself. But the flip side of that, because dialogue is so important, is when you get stuck, so student Brie, you're trying to write a scene and you're not feeling like it's working, just writing the dialogue is a really great way to sort of unclog yourself because it frees you up from all of the having to worry about, you know, their positioning and um, the setting, all of those things you can flesh out later. But the dialogue gets to the heart of how they're interacting with each other and their chemistry. And so, and you can also really 
slip yourself into the story and hopefully get carried away by it and uh, excited by it again if you just put them in a conversation together or a fight. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that I've been, like I've chatted with friends about, and I, I don't know if it's just like the current world that we're living in or what, but like a lot of readers aren't necessarily missing having a dark moment all the time. Like, obviously it depends on the book. Like there, it makes total sense in some books, but then in some you finish it and you're like, it wasn't that dark of a dark moment and I'm okay. What Mm. do you tell, what would you tell student Bree about writing the dark moment? Cause I think that's another thing that I, student Bree gets a little intimidated by. I think every story is different. Like I've got some dark moments that are truly gut wrenching and I just, you know, and they make me, it make my tummy churn but but in that way where you know you're going to get an amazing payoff but I have also written somewhere as you say there's just less less angst overall Uh, and perhaps that is reflective of the world being quite angsty at the moment and us wanting our romance novels to be a bit of a reprieve from that so my feeling is you know that in terms of the dark moment yes you need to have this sort of moment where you're something causes your characters to realize that actually they want to make this work. They want to fight for their relationship. But yeah, there's, it absolutely doesn't have to be this awful, um, you know, breaking them down to nothing moment. It, it does really depend on the tone of your overall story uh, and what the readers are, the readers that you're pitching to are going to expect as well. Should student Brie be aware of her writer voice before coming to the course? Or is that something the course will help her figure out and become comfortable with? Because student Brie is very not comfortable with her her voice. And I know voice is very important. Uh, it, this is a really interesting one about voice and how do you develop your voice. Personally, I think you develop your voice in it by writing. So you will find when you first start out, you might find it's stilted or you're a bit nervous or you're a bit this, but as you go on and write and write, your voice will emerge. And one of the little exercises I used to do with my students is, um, you know, write, uh, pick a moment of your childhood and write how you felt in that moment or go and look at letters that, you know, or emails that, you know, I'm old enough that we used to write letters, um, emails, uh, And in your emails to your friends, you will see your own voice in there because you're being yourself. So do little um, tricks like that to see what you write, how you're like. And write, when you first write that first book, write it as if nobody's going to read it and take the editor off and just, you know, imagine that you're the only person in the world who's ever going to read this book. So really it doesn't matter. And I think that really helps you write in your own voice. Claire, what do you reckon? I 100% agree. So when I'm writing a book, I don't ever think about a reader. I just, that is what happens. As soon as I write the end, I then have to go back and read it as my editor would. But I, and, you know, and then to put on my marketing hat, but I write it, you can get in your own head and be your own worst enemy because you, we are, we're so critical of ourselves and it's so easy to become self-conscious as a writer. And I, I totally get it, especially when you're starting out, you feel like it's never going to happen and it's a bit of a pipe dream. And, you know, you say all those things to yourself, which makes you doubt 
what you're putting down and you know am I writing this the right way and and just letting yourself write the story your voice will come through and it might be that it takes you a book or two to get your voice uh, to find your voice and to lose that sort of self-consciousness in writing but you've just got to push through trust trust that you will write the story that you're meant to write and your, your voice will will be there because it's you yeah, honestly, Brie, I think, you know, I, I honestly, you know, I've taught writing for a long time now and I think you can learn how to write a great book. I think what happens is people don't start because they're scared. People mm. don't start because they don't think they can do it. And also people give up too soon. You yeah. will get rejection in this business and you just have to work through it. You've got to really want it and then you will get there. I was so close to giving up, like I can't even tell you. And it was really that Hail Mary after two glasses of wine when I self-published that book. <laughs> and I, I can't believe it. Like it's now, it's my full-time job um, and I just, there is honestly nothing else I'm really fit for, to be honest. And I I, I can't, I, but I really came so close to giving up because it's very, it's, you know, writers are quite sensitive people on the whole, I think. And so getting rejections is really difficult but as Jen says you just have to keep going and now uh, Claire Connolly is has sold millions and millions of books not only through her you know self-publishing career but through Harlequin and imagine if she'd given up we would mm. lose yeah you just you can't give up you've got if you want this life badly you will get there but you have to work hard for it yeah mm. I think it was like the first time we had um presents modern author Maisie Yates on the podcast mm-hmm. and she's like I still get rejected and I'm like no <laughs> no <laughs> never really stops you know but we wouldn't have Maisie Yates if she gave up in the beginning no. so <laughs> and Maisie's yeah. amazing I was actually going to use her as an example because I know that with uh, I don't think it's all of her books but I know with some of them she actually dictates and that's something that I struggle with personally my brain doesn't work that way but it may be something that you want to try uh is dictating some of your story and yeah. see if that's a medium that helps you kind of get past that self-consciousness of writing just to get the story out initially and I know authors who still write longhand their first drafts are longhand because they can't the typing ruins it for them. So mm. you've just got to try different ways um, and and you will discover this as you write what works for you, but you have to try and you have to write that first book to learn a lot about your writing style. And this is, Student Brie is, is just perfect because this is why we did the course. Like we mm. are all so passionate about this because it's so many people are writing and giving up or they're writing and they've got all the ingredients but they're just putting them together wrong or not baking it long enough and we all individually have had so many people come up and ask for advice and it just it is seriously so heartlifting to have this course and be getting the feedback that we're getting and just to see those practical differences in people's writing and the confidence that they're coming out of the course with it has just been wonderful we I'm so glad that we did it we had one of our students the other day telling us she was bawling her eyes out because what she'd written was so good (laughs) (laughs) that's probably one of the best compliments ever yeah yeah it was great people cry it's great (laughs) how does the course I mean okay one thing me and the the you know aspiring writer friends I have we talk a lot about is are you a plotter, a plotter or a pantser? Or are you a mixture of both? 
if you come to the course and you're like, I think I'm a pantser and I'm, you know, how does the course, should we be, should that even matter as the aspiring writer, the, the student coming to the course or does it, is it not a factor at all? I think one of the lovely things about this is that all four of us approach writing a book in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, it, uh, the, and Ali Blake is brilliant for this because she is a pantser puzzler, right? And I had no idea that someone could put a book together the way Ali Blake puts it to, together a book. And she mm. talks about that process. And on and I started out as a pantser, and I was a dreadful pantser. I you, I, I feel I like just, I'm a dreadful pantser. I'm a, I was dreadful. And, um, you know, I'd write books, I'd throw out words. Oh, it was awful. So then I taught, because I was an ex-management consultant as well, I thought this is really inefficient. You need to learn how to do this better. So I taught myself how to be a plotter. And mm. that has, that changed, absolutely changed how I wrote and how how efficient I could be and how well I could write. And we take you through that in the course. Yeah, we literally have a plotter or pantser section in the course because oh, wow. we're all different. So I'm 100% a pantser. So I, I basically know my couple's conflict and I usually have an idea of their dark moment and I have what I like to call a Hollywood moment. So there's that really iconic scene like kissing in the rain or whatever. But other than that, I really like to read the book as I write it. So I love the surprise that comes with writing the book and and. Uh, and my character's taking over. So there's a few different perspectives on that because there's no right or wrong way. So it's just, and and some books you will need to plot a little bit more. Um, And there's this quote that I always bungle and I should not because I say it or attempt to say it so many times, but it's about you can drive, I don't even know who says it, I'm the worst, but you can drive across, you know, an entire country at night and you can just see as far as your headlights or something. So you can literally write the whole book as long as you know what's happening in the next little bit you can write a whole book that way. So that's kind of how I work. So the next How to Write Love course is in September. That's right. We're kicking off on the 4th of September. Um, So we um, have um, registrations open so people can jump onto the course now and get a spot. Um, And, um, you know, we don't, we, it's, we keep the numbers fairly not you know we we like to keep the numbers to a certain amount so that we get a lot of interactivity but equally you you get attention on on the Facebook page from us so Mm. I would jump on early because last time we sold out in four days oh wow Mm. yeah and we also we're super excited we're trialing this year so this will be our first time that we do it obviously but we have got a Facebook group set up for a nano boot camp that we're going to be running in November for the National Novel Writing Month, which is oh um, theoretically, I think you're meant to aim for 50,000 words in the month. But honestly, we're going to say set set your own goal. It might be that you want to write 5,000 words in November, but we're going to be in there giving weekly support, motivation, check-ins. Uh, the group is not live yet, but if you sign up to our newsletter, we'll be uh, putting links to that. And it's, I think it's going to build to be a really great annual resource. I'm super excited because I'm, I'm very passionate about productivity. Uh, so <laughs> I, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> I'm <a bit> ready. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just wait, anybody doing the course, uh, you, you just see Claire's passion come through with productivity. I mean, she is the most productive person you've ever met in your life and you can't help but be inspired and with the nano course it's open to everybody and it's free so just jump on in join us um it's just a way to really support 
writers to get the words on the page because as Claire said, you can fix it later, but you mm. cannot fix it if you haven't written it. Mm. I am signed up for the newsletter, so I will be keeping my eye out for that. So like I will be returning to work for the first time since 2019 at the end of August, but I definitely want to participate in Nano. So I want to be part of this, this, this group. Claire, Wonderful. give mm. me a productive tip because I will be <laughs> so it'll be like five o'clock when I come home in the evening. How yes. do I make time for writing at the end yep. of the day? So, oh gosh, I could just go on and on about this. But basically I think it everyone's different. So I like to work in blocks of an hour. You may find that you can only work in blocks, three blocks of 15 minutes through the day for the moment. Maybe you have to find 15 minutes in a lunch break and 15 minutes after you've come home and you've sort of um, had a shower or made dinner or whatever it is you do. Uh, it's also, and in that time, put all of your devices in flight mode, set an actual timer on your phone so that you know you've got your full 15 minutes and see how many words you do and watch yourself get more words down each time um, as the story absorbs you. Another thing I do that I think really supercharges my productivity is before I go to bed each night, I read back a bit of what I've written in the day and I swear with absolutely no scientific basis whatsoever, but just my reckonology at play, that my brain overnight works on whatever I've been writing because when I wake up, like Jen, the first thing I do, I grab my laptop, I've usually got it stashed under the bed, I grab it out and I start writing and again, even if it's only 15 minutes, for me I tend to do an hour, but even if it's only 15 minutes I find the morning brain is amazing it's like you're still linked to the sleep magic or something and your creativity is just there so that's what works for me but it's important to find what creates the optimal setting for you it might be that having a playlist on your phone and you put your airpods in to really sink yourself back into your story no matter where you are if that's in a busy cafe near your office or um, that that could help you. It may be that if you take to dictation on your commute home, if you're driving, that you're able to dictate. Just watch that you don't run off the road because you get so caught up in your story. So there's we go through so much of this in the course, and and we also do a productivity Facebook live because, as you can tell, I just I get so excited about it because I think everybody is different, but we can all supercharge our writing just by paying attention to what works for us and what our optimal productivity is and seriously the flight mode tip is key kill all your devices because it just just getting that little text message even if you ignore it it pulls you out of your story so it's just turning off all distractions um setting your intention with whoever you live with so or with a friend or you text them and say i'm going to write for an hour i'm going to do a thousand words or whatever your goal is um so it's accountability so many tips so one more one more like create like creative process question i have so like you mentioned we, we we've talked like playlist i know a lot of people use pinterest for the visual part of it right mm -hmm. what are we what is something simple that we should be doing that's going to help us should we make the board and just have the board up on the computer in front of us or is that going to be distracting should we print the photos out like what should we be doing for that visual yeah so i think again everyone's different there's no right or wrong i sit here talking to you i you would have this quite chaotic view of my wall in your mind because i've described everything i'm looking at but i have about 30 photos printed of my hero and heroine uh and the city that my next book is written in stuck on my glass French doors of my office because I like to sit back in my chair and look at them and it just keeps you in the story. 
but you should see like Amy Andrews, Ali Blake, their Pinterest boards are unbelievable. They work from Pinterest. And Jen, what about you? Do you use Pinterest or photos or neither? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more like you. I have it up in front of me. Yeah. Um, pictures of exactly the scene and the characters just so that you can, you know, every now and again you just sit back and look at that and it gives you, you know, the senses as we were talking about before, the sights, the sound, the smells, those are the kind of the rich things that you can weave into your story. And if you're writing a series, it definitely helps to have that Pinterest board for each character um, or or to have them printed out but to keep them printed out or to have them in a PDF or something that you can refer back to because by the time you're on book six of the series and you might have written other books in between, you don't always remember what colour the hero's eyes were or what colour the heroine's hair was. So you need to... It's really helpful just to have that quick visual. Otherwise, you have to go back into that manuscript and do a document search for eyes or hair. Uh, And it also just keeps them really real uh, and vivid in your mind as you progress through the series. So say we have have a listener that can't make the September course. Do you all know how often the course is going to run? Yeah. So at the moment, we're running it three times a year. So if you can't make September, don't worry. We'll be starting up again um, in 2024. And the other thing to look out for is that we've been brainstorming, as Claire mentioned, we've got um, a self-publishing course coming out and we're looking at um, doing things on editing and going on to deep dives in certain areas like um, how to write great sex scenes so watch this space because we've got lots of um you know this is our big foundation course but we've got lots of other course ideas that we're going to be coming up with yeah I think that this course is so important and so needed like I think especially obviously with the pandemic more and more people found their discovered their love of romance and I romance is one of those genres that like I never saw myself as a writer but like and I came to romance late the more that I read romance, I was like, I want to do this. Like, <laughs> you know, like Brilliant. I, I, read a, I read a couple of Allie's um, Kiss novels a couple of months ago. And I was like, oh man, I wish Kiss was still a thing because I want to write mm-hmm. a Kiss. You know, you just, you can't help but like not, you, you want to do it yourself. But like not if you, it, that, just because you love to read it doesn't mean you can write it. So I just think it's so important. So like, how do you, like for you all as writers that are like, you know, teaching this course, um, has it taught you anything about yourself as a writer or yourself as a romance reader? Well, as I said, I mean, I I am a pantser and I I have learned so much from Ali's structure module. I mean, I have written, like, I've lost count, like over 130 books, I think. And yet seeing how Ali approaches structure has been quite life-changing. Like, it's, she's she breaks it down in a way that I won't even attempt to to um, summarize here because I will not do it justice. But she just makes it so um, innate and accessible. Mm. So yeah, absolutely, there are things in there, and just it, it is it is. I've learned a lot going through the course, and also uh, yeah, seeing things broken down as we've done it. It just makes it so accessible, as Jen said. It's a really. I, I'm so proud of this course. I really think it's a great resource. And I'm so nervous about writing sex. So like knowing that Amy. I was just going to say, well, that's why I was going to say, you know, Amy Andrews is a master, a master Mm, at writing sex. And I learned quite a bit from her module as well. So, 
you know, it's amazing. You can write a lot of books, but we are all always learning mm. and we're all always getting better. So for me, it was the writing bright sex I learned a lot from, but also from Claire's productivity. I mean, I'm a, I am a really productive person. You know, I'm very efficient, all of those things. But I was looking at that going, oh, my God, okay, Jen must try harder. <laughs> but it's not intimidating, right? Like it's, No, it's not intimidating. It's Amazing. not about writing 50,000 words a week. It's about you yeah. supercharging what's realistic for you and Absolutely. staying on track. So that's what it's, it's just those little tips that mean you won't waste a 15-minute window when you could be yeah. writing. Um, yeah. And, you know, Claire's so inspiring. I mean... You spend five minutes with this woman and, you know, you think you can rule the world. Oh, <laughs> what a nice way to start a Monday morning. <laughs> well, can both of you share where our listeners can find you all online and then where we can find information for the course? Yeah, so we, we've used a really fabulous um, US education platform called Teachable. So you will find us at uh, Teachable How to Write Love is where the course, but we've also got our website. You can just go to howtowritelove.com. And if you want to find me, I'm at jennifersaintgeorge.com. Can I, can I just say that um, when, I click, when you go to the website, there's the, the woman, she's like holding a cup of coffee or tea, and then you just see like the laptop and I'm like... I feel like that's me. Like, I feel like they had someone take a photo of me. Brilliant. <laughs> Claire, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Can you please share where we can keep up with you? Oh, not at all. Um, ClaireConnolly.com. Well, I will have links to where we can keep up with you all, as well as where we can find the course. Listeners, the next course is in September. If you miss it, that is totally fine. Uh, Jennifer, can you remind us if we want to be part of the group for nano we can just sign up for the newsletter is that correct yeah so if you sign up for the newsletter we'll be sending you a link out to our dedicated um facebook page and we'll have more information coming out on that in the next few weeks all right thank you so much you two for sharing your time with me on monday morning your time sunday evening with mine i this has been such a blast i've been looking forward to it so much and thank you so much for the course it's so selfless of you all four fabulous writers sharing your time with us. It's, it's fantastic. And I can't wait to be part of it because student Bree needs to write. Oh, we would so love to have you. And this has just been such a joy. I've had so much fun. So thank you so much for having us. It really has been lovely to chat. I love your podcast. So thanks very much for having us on. Bye.